Thank you. It's great, uh, great being here, and um, we're excited about what's going on in the next couple of weeks, particularly here at CCV, and I want to tell you why I'm particularly excited. Um, and I'll tell you that right before I introduce Isan to you. Um, I've been involved in missions for over, over 25 years now, and I've never seen anything like what we're seeing now in terms of a movement of God's Spirit among Muslims. Um, and there are two particular way, uh, movements we're seeing. One, the first is, a, is the, the exponential growth and influence of Islam around the world. I think we know about that. It's uh, the fastest growing religion in the world. It's, at the current rates, it's set to overtake Christianity as the world's largest religion by the year 2050. And uh, even here in D.C., did you know we had about 400,000 Muslims in the D.C. area. It's one of the largest concentrations of Muslims in the U.S. And there's 75 registered mosques, including one that I visited just not far from you in Vienna mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And the folks there are largely first-generation immigrants, and they just want to get to know us. They want to get to know Americans. They want to get, get into American homes. Um, so there's this, there's this movement and growth of Islam. But the second thing that's happening, which is so exciting, is that, that God is moving among Muslims in, in, in unprecedented ways. And this is, this is becoming more and more well-documented. Um, in four main ways, you probably read about some of them. Dreams, visions, healing. So a Muslim might be sick and be prayed for by someone in the name of Jesus. They're healed, and then they want to know the source of the healing. And then the fourth, uh, and this is probably 80% of the conversions we're seeing now, is through friendships with Christians, just simple friendships. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that, that brings me to his son because he's an example of something that God is doing now that we're so excited about. And what I'd like to do, Hassan's uh, asked me just to tee up his story just a moment. So I, I want to tell you a little bit about him and I'm going to ask him a few questions mm -hmm. so you get to know him a little bit better. So Hassan is from Iran. Mm -hmm. um, he had a, you know, we had some challenges growing up. He had a father uh, who loved him but forced him to succumb and, and become a Muslim and to, to learn about Islam. He also had a very dear uh, friend who was a teacher whom he loved, and the teacher loved him. And this teacher died suddenly. It was a great shock to his son. He was faced with death for the first time. And so he began to ask questions that he'd not really asked before. What's the meaning of life? Why do we die? What happens after we die? Um, and so after, after that he began to read the Quran to look for answers. And Hassan found in the Quran uh, a profile of a God who was, um, there was, there was a lot that was scary about the, the person of God in the Quran and about life and death. He went off to college. A prof, one of his professors suggested that he read a Bible, which was a very unusual suggestion and, a, and a, as you would guess, a pretty dangerous one, but he was able to track down a Bible. He read the Bible um, after having read the Quran, by the way, 400 times, so he knew the Quran very well. Um, but he, he read the Bible and he was so struck by the different picture of God in the scriptures. And one word really struck him. There was the word Emmanuel, God with us, which was very different than mm -hmm. the, the concept of God in the, in, in the Quran. A God that's distant, a God that is angry. This was a God that's with us, closer to us in our own heartbeats. And so he began to, he was just so attracted to that word that he actually made it his password 
on some of his accounts. So he said, if I told you that, tell, tell folks not to hack me. <laughs> um, but his son then began to really grow and learn about Jesus through the scriptures, but something inside still resisted. Mm-hmm. That's correct. He was afraid of what his family might think, mm-hmm. his society might think, and he became, over time, became more and more depressed and confused and, and eventually attempted to take his own life. Mm-hmm. And he had a, a close friend, just a moment after that happened, who sensed something was wrong, knocked on the door, mm-hmm. rescued him, saved him. And he had this sense that somehow God had saved him and rescued him, and he was excited that he has a second chance. But he still had questions for God and asked God to help him. So get this, this is what happened. His doctor suggested that he take a trip. So in 2015, he came to Washington, D.C., and this is where I want him to pick up. Um, And he met, a day or two after that, a friend that he had worked with in Iran who happened to be a member of the False Church. (laughs) <laughs> and invited him to church that next Sunday. So he arrived like on a Friday. That next Sunday, Saturday. he was in Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday. So that next day, he was in church for the very first time. So, son, what okay. were your impressions of church, your first time in a church? Well, uh, okay. Oh, thank you for having me here. Well, that Sunday morning, I saw uh, children uh, playing ping pong. Families were together, mothers, fathers, you know, all kids. And I haven't seen that before because in Islam, men and women go to the mosque separately. And uh, children absolutely can't play there. The other difference was um, worship of God that I saw uh, was based on joy. It's not as I have seen, at least in my country. So the other picture that uh, caught my attention was two women were touching each other. And I asked my friends, what's going on there? So he told me it was a healing prayer. So, and it was really, really beautiful. Uh, The other interesting thing uh, I, uh, I saw was worshiping God with music. In Islam, at least in my country, music is forbidden, even for God. And the most important thing was during the service when Robert began praying for Iran, Sudan, and Saudi Arabia. And it was because in my country, people say down with the USA, but here Robert was praying for Iran. So I thought, what did he say? It showed me what love your enemies means, which I had read before uh, in the Bible. So what did you notice, what struck you about meeting Christians, um, some of the Christians you met? Mm -hmm. Well, after one month uh, that I was here, I had no place to stay, and uh, the Knott family um, helped me to give me a place to stay. They, you know, they told me that I am part of the family. So that was a life-changing experience living with, uh, you know, a believer family. So I saw there how kindly uh, they treat their kids, how they respect each other at home, how lovingly they work for Jesus by inviting so many different people from so many countries like Indonesia, like Saudi Arabia, like Yemen, Iran, just to introduce them to Jesus. 
And uh, they also taught me something really interesting, uh, which is not at least in my culture, that love is a decision. So in my culture is love kind of feeling, but here is decision, shows your free will. Mm -hmm. Now you, I'm going to put this a little bit closer okay. to, to you. You, uh, you attended some ESOL, English mm -hmm. language classes, uh, which were, t tell us a little bit about that. What happened? Okay, absolutely. The first thing that I noticed was that the quality of class was really good. So I paid only $30 for three sessions a week, but my sense was I was receiving more than I was paying for. And um, I was also surprised when Jim Henderson, my dear teacher who is here, so he surprised me when um, he gave us his business card and said, here is my number. Call me anytime you need anything. If your car breaks down or even if you get taken to jail. So, and I, seriously, I was asking why are these people so different from people at least I have known them for so many years. That's uh, such a great blessing you have that experience yes. uh, with with believers. Now, there was another time when uh, in church a short video was shown about Jesus and mm -hmm. refugees. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you think about that? Well, uh, John Yates, uh, I don't remember which, uh, which day it was, but he showed a short video about that Jesus had been a refugee. And he said, we have to open our homes to Syrian refugees. And I just honestly said to God, so many Islamic countries don't accept their brothers and sisters. How could it be possible for people in a church to show love to Muslim refugees? Hmm. Just, uh, just one more question for you. What, Hassan, what has changed in your life since becoming a Christian? How are things different for you? Well, uh, um, honestly, in some ways it has become harder and in some ways it has become easier. Yeah. So I can't say I feel a sort of light around me. I can't see that hatred, fear, and anger, you know, leaving me. And uh, when I trusted Jesus as my Lord, I figured I'm in a business with God. So I confess my sin and give him my darkness, and instead he gives me light and peace. So, and I believe that uh, trusting Jesus as my Lord is the best, uh, you know, decision I have ever made. And I can say uh, those questions that I had at the beginning, like, why do we come to this world? What's the purpose of life? And why do we die? Uh, by reading the Bible, specifically Gospels, so I have found some answers. I can say we come to this world to see the beauty, glory, and mercy of God. We find a huge love that God has given us for free, and we freely give it to others. So, and through Jesus, we find a bridge to eternal life, where we will go to a party with God as our host. As Jesus says, we recognize a tree by its fruit, I found Jesus by you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. So honestly, I have seen so many fruit in your lives. I had read the Bible before, but I didn't see the words come alive. So thank you so much for everything that you do.
Oh, thank you so much. Um, Asan has to leave before the end of our service, so he's sharing now. But um, Robert, you'll be able to be here afterwards, is that right? And Mark uh, Carlson, the head of our missions team, is going to share a little bit about some opportunities to follow up with these sorts of conversations. Let me say a prayer um, before we continue on with our service. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you that through the kindness, your kindness, we have met Robert today and we have met Asan this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to hear about his life and how you showed yourself to him. We rejoice in everything you have done for him. We ask you now to bless Hassan mightily. Support him in every way. Bless his life, his living space, his relationships, the work you have given him to do. Prosper all of his family. Favor his friendships. Make his plans successful. Undergird all that he does with your power and your presence. And as you have blessed this country with your presence, we pray your blessing upon his. He loves his home and his people, Lord. Give us a heart to love them as well and extend your grace and kindness through us to the world that you have called us into. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can I give you the microphone?